Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Pitts Evans. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. Let's get right to the Word of God. Job chapter 34. Then Elihu said, Hear my words, you wise men. Listen to me, you men of learning. For the ear tests words as the tongue tastes food. Let us discern for ourselves what is right. Let us learn together what is good. Job says, I am innocent, but God denies me justice. Although I am right, I'm considered a liar. Although I am guiltless, his arrow inflicts an incurable wound. Is there anyone like Job who drinks scorn like water? He keeps company with evildoers. He associates with the wicked. For he says, there is no profit in trying to please God. So listen to me, you men of understanding. Far be it from God to do evil, from the Almighty to do wrong. He repays everyone for what they have done. He brings on them what their conduct deserves. It is unthinkable that God would do wrong, that the Almighty would pervert justice. Who appointed him over the earth? Who put him in charge of the whole world? If it were his intention, and he withdrew his spirit and breath, all of humanity would perish together, and mankind would return to the dust. If you have understanding, hear this. Listen to what I say. Can someone who hates justice govern? Will you condemn the just and mighty one? Is he not the one who says to kings, You are worthless? And to nobles, you are wicked, who shows no partiality to princes, and does not favor the rich over the poor, for they are all the work of his hands. They die in an instant. In the middle of the night, the people are shaken and they pass away. The mighty are removed without human hand. His eyes are on the ways of mortals. He sees their every step. There is no deep shadow. No utter darkness where evildoers can hide. God has no need to examine people further that they should come before him for judgment. Without inquiry, he shatters the mighty and sets up others in their place. Because he takes note of their deeds, he overthrows them in the night and they are crushed. He punishes them for their wickedness where everyone can see them because they are turned from following him, and had no regard for any of his ways. They caused the cry of the poor to come before him, so that he heard the cry of the needy. But if he remains silent, who can condemn him? If he hides his face, who can see him? Yet he is over individual and nation alike, to keep the godless from ruling, from laying snares for the people. Suppose someone says to God, I am guilty, but will offend no more. Teach me what I cannot see if I've done wrong, and I will stop doing so. Should God then reward you on your terms when you refuse to repent? You must decide, not I. So tell me what you know. Men of understanding declare, wise men who hear me, say, Job speaks without knowledge. His words lack insight. Oh, that Job might be tested to the utmost 
for answering like a wicked man. To his sin he adds rebellion. Scornfully he claps his hands among us and multiplies his words against God. So Elihu's uh, remarks address all four of the men initially. He says, Hear my words, you wise men. So Job and his three previous friends. Test the words as the tongue tastes food. I think that's an interesting um, analogy. Test the words as your tongue tastes food. Let us discern for ourselves what is right. Let us learn together what is good. And then he speaks of Job, saying that Job has been making the case for himself. Job says, I am innocent, according to Elihu. According to Elihu, Job says, God denies me justice. And so his opinion is that Job has gone astray. Verse 7, is anyone like Job who drinks scorn like water? He keeps company with evildoers. He associates with the wicked. For he says there is no profit in trying to please God. And so that's a bit of a distortion of what Job has said. But Job has kind of inferred that in all of his righteousness, what did it gain him, essentially? And so I guess that inference has been made. But Elihu says, listen to me, you men of understanding. Far be it from God to do evil, from the Almighty to do wrong. And so Elihu is exactly correct. The Almighty hadn't done any of this that they're observing. The Almighty did not um, punish Job or do anything wicked to Job. Uh, He is not the cause of Job's problem. As I've said many times, the devil afflicted Job. And so continuing with um, his remarks about the Lord that are pretty accurate, he says in verse 12, It is unthinkable that God would do wrong or that the Almighty would pervert justice. And then he talks about the fact that if the Lord withdrew his spirit and his breath, all of mankind would perish in a moment. In other words, um, we're questioning the creator of mankind. And he says, will you condemn the just and mighty one? And I suppose that part of the question was posed uh, to Job, who was in essence saying God was mistreating him. The Lord sees everything that has happened and everyone who's involved. And so Elihu says, His eyes are on the ways of mortals. He sees their every step. There is no deep shadow, no utter darkness where evildoers can hide. God has no need to examine people further that they should come before him for judgment. Without inquiry, he shatters the mighty and sets up others in their place. Because he takes note of their deeds, he overthrows them in the night and they're crushed. And then, addressing the comment that Job had made once again about the Lord refusing to speak to him, Elihu says, essentially, the Lord's not compelled to speak to anyone. In verse 29, But if he remains silent, who can condemn him? If he hides his face, who can see him? Yet he's still over the individual and nation alike, to keep the godless from ruling, from laying snares for the people. In other words, we have no right to require God to speak to us. In his sovereignty, he can speak or not. And in fact, he does speak, but on his terms, not ours. And so he closes with some interesting questions about our expectations of God. I'm just going to read these verses. Verse 31 Suppose someone says to God, 
I am guilty, but will offend no more. Teach me what I cannot see. If I've done wrong, I will not do so again. Should God then reward you on your terms? You must decide, not I. So tell me what you know. Men of understanding declare. Wise men who hear me say to me, Job speaks without knowledge. His words lack insight. Oh, that Job might be tested to the uttermost for answering like a wicked man. To his sin, he adds rebellion. Scornfully, he claps his hands among us and multiplies his words against God. And so, I want to back up to a couple of statements that Elihu made uh, that I totally agree with. Some of his comments in this chapter I agree with his observations, but some I do not. But let me drill down on two statements that he made, and then we'll pray into those. He said, It is unthinkable that God would do wrong, that the Almighty would pervert justice. Well, I totally, 100% agree with that. Although there are many things that happen in this life I do not understand, it's unthinkable that God would do anything wrong. And so when I don't understand, it is certainly permissible to say to God, I don't understand this. Further, I think he appreciates the fact that sometimes we say, I don't like this. I'm not enjoying this. That's not a problem for him either. But to say, Lord, you've done something wrong, then we have a problem. And Elihu makes the second statement, will you condemn the just and mighty one? And of course, the answer to that is, we should not condemn the just and mighty one. Honestly, friends, I've often thought about the Lord compared to me and my understanding as if you took the most learned physics professor who ever lived and sat them next to a kindergartner and had them try to explain the most um, minute details of physics. The five-year-old is not in a position to understand what the very learned person knows and is in possession of and has understanding for. It's the same way with the Lord. There is such a gulf between us and God in terms of our ability to understand things and the uh, the scope of information that he has at his disposal as opposed to what we have. There's the One of the underwriting themes of the book of Job is there's a lot you don't know. And that's applied to me, and that's applied to you. It is not applied to the Lord. There's a lot that he knows that we do not know. And so, Lord, it is unthinkable that you would do wrong. Forgive us if we've ever implied otherwise. Lord, we will not condemn you because you are indeed the just and mighty one. Lord, forgive us for trying to uh, raise ourselves up at your expense. Lord, you are always the solution. You're never the problem. And so we thank you. Help, Lord, those who are struggling today with situations they don't understand. Even though they may not understand, even though they may not like what they're going through, may they be able to say in their hearts, Lord, you could do no wrong. Lord, you would not do any wrong to me. And may they be able to say, Lord, I trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. 
If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.